You're listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. On this week's episode, I am hosting a virtual CFO and interviewing her all about money management. We're talking money mindset, cash flow, finances, and all those things that we as entrepreneurs love to avoid. But we're going to get into it and give you some actionable tips you can take away to improve your books. So let's get started. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Brave and Boss, the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer, the founder and CEO of the Ethical Fashion Brand Encircled business mentor, business coach, proud dog mama, and I'm excited to talk to today's guest about finance. So do not shut off this episode (laughs) because I've mentioned money and finance. This is exactly what you need. You are in the right place to listen to this episode right now because we're going to break down everything you need to know to know more about your books, your numbers, uncover your blind spots, and really be able to build a more profitable business. Now, let me talk about today's guest. So as the owner of my virtual CFO, Amy La Liberty is a trusted profitability advisor to six and seven figure business owners who are tired of being behind their books and are ready to uncover opportunities, course correct, and ultimately get more profitable. Don't we all want that? She's also a certified life and money coach and works with business owners who seek greater confidence and unwavering drive to attract and build wealth in their businesses and lives. After working in nonprofit and finance for over 16 years and helping hundreds of business owners since starting her own business, Amy knows how important it is to have steadfast trust in the person looking after your books. And I totally agree. I've had very good and very bad experiences in the financial area of my business, and it can definitely create some money drama for sure. So I am elated to welcome our guests to the podcast. Please join me in welcoming Amy. All right. I am so excited to have today's guest on the show where we're going to talk about all about money management. Please join me in welcoming Amy to the show. Amy, welcome. Thanks, Christy, for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. I'm so happy to have somebody with your background on the podcast as the owner of my virtual CFO. I love that name. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk a lot about in the intro, I mentioned that you're a profitability advisor to six and seven figure business owners. So Let's talk about that. So for those of our audience that don't know you, can you introduce yourself? Who are you and what do you do and what is your why? So my name is Amy LaLiberty and I am the owner of my virtual CFO and I help six and seven figure business owners create a meaningful, intentional relationship with money. And the way that I do that is through the tactical, like actionable bookkeeping CFO services for their businesses, but then also really blend in the mindset work that comes with growing a business, as well as all of the thoughts that we have around money and determining whether or not those are thoughts that we want to keep on having, or if we want to create new ones in order to have any goal, money goal that we create as good as done. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So tell me, I know you kind of specialize in six and seven figure businesses, but at what point should people start paying attention to their money and their business? Like, is there like a point where I think we get, I heard this question a lot in our Facebook group, but at what point should you even hire 
or consider hiring somebody to help you with bookkeeping or your money in your business? Yes. So my philosophy is that, you know, I think I I really, when I say the word relationship, I feel like, you know, think about your relationship with money, with your relationship with like, you know, a, a partner. And, you know, if you, and really having a deeper understanding of what that looks like in terms of like having a relationship with money from the very beginning is critical because if you want to, if you are in your business for the long run and you want to create any financial goals that your heart desires, understanding how the money comes in and out of the business is going to be critical. What I recommend for people that are just starting out is that they work with someone to help establish a bookkeeping money management system, but that they really command control of the like day-to-day operations. And the reason why is that flexing that muscle is going to be so critical for you because you are going to want to advocate responsibility because we do have lots of emotions around money. We think that it's somehow tied to our worth and it's not, but it's a very important like metric that we follow as business owners. And so having an understanding when you're just starting out, like how the money's coming in and how it goes out and being able to tell that story to yourself is going to be helpful so that when you hit a point where you understand exactly what's happening and you choose to outsource the bookkeeping functions of your business, you're doing so from a place of confidence and clarity and empowerment and not from abdication. Mm -hmm. So um, in terms of like a a financial dollar amount that I see people really start to consider outsourcing a portion of it, it's usually like at like the six figure mark. And definitely if you are at multiple six figures, that's really when you want to start considering outsourcing it largely because the amount of the value of your time is in like an hourly time rate could be like is typically better spent on doing revenue generating activities for the business rather than the functional like bookkeeping tasks of it. And so having the foundation of like knowing how the money came in and come out and then getting to the point of outsourcing it is really going to be helpful for you so that when you do have financial review sessions with your bookkeeper, your CFO, you're really able to have a place at the table that you know what's happening with the business because you were the one that started doing that. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. And I definitely, you know, I come from my background, I have a sustainable fashion brand and my background prior to that actually wasn't in fashion. I was a management consultant and I have like a finance degree and an MBA. So you would think that I would be very focused on money, but I made that mistake very early on in my business. I've had my business for almost 10 years now. And I used to only look at revenue and then I'd look at my credit card bill. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about some common things that happen. Like what are some common challenges or mistakes that you see, you know, early stage business owners making when it comes to money? I think the biggest thing is like right in the realm of what you were just describing. And that's not having a system and thinking that because when I hear business owners call themselves like a, they're a baby business, I just, I, I want to invite you to change that narrative in your mind because, you know, you are doing something, having a business is something that, you know, that there's numerous people on the planet would never consider doing. There's nothing babyish about having your own business. And so like to really be the CEO of your own business and to, to operate and to have this intentional money system in your business so that 
you know what's coming in, you know what's going out and you're doing so with like a system is going to be super important. So that's like the biggest thing I see is that they don't have a system. And then if they do have a system, they don't maintain it, meaning that they might have it set up, but then maybe they're only looking at it like quarterly or maybe twice a year. And again, you're missing like really key information and opportunities for it to see like, are you on, like, are you, is the money goal that you're creating, like, are you on track to create that? And like, is your, like, you know, your net profit, you know, the revenue matters, right? But then how much money is coming out of the business? And are you making enough money in the business in order to number one, sustain it for cash flow purposes? But then in addition, are you able to create the lifestyle that you desire that which is like part of the reason you started the business in the first place. So like, is there intent behind the results that you're creating in your business financially? Mm -hmm. Um, So like, those are really like the items that I see. And then like, there's other little pieces that happen within it, but like, that's the biggest one. And um, that I, that I see too often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, (laughs) Now I obviously have a very good handle on my Finances really into my cash flow management and have a virtual uh, accounting firm helping me as well. But I know that a big thing, especially when you're just starting out in your business, is figuring out like when you can hire your first employee, when you can start paying yourself out of the business. And from my experience, cash flow is really integral to determining that. But I also feel like that term is, you know, not well understood. So can you maybe explain just in I guess, layman's terms, like what is cash flow and why does it matter? Yeah. So cash flow is like, if you think about like, like just the term flow, it's like movement, right? So cash, it's like the cash that comes into the business and how it moves in the business. And so there's different ways in which cash can move. It can move through the business in terms of like, you know, it goes out through expenses or it can be converted into equipment. So it's like an asset, it's a cash, it's liquid that then gets turned into something that is like a physical like entity. Mm -hmm. And so understanding, and I think what happens with cash flow management is no matter how much money you're bringing into your business. And I mean this from like a beginner all the way up to multiple seven figures is that I, I find myself addressing the question, which is, I have a lot of money coming into the business, but it's not reflected in my bank account. Mm. And, and a lot of that is like just systemic of like not understanding the cash flow. So if the money's coming in and it's going out and somebody makes a comment like that, it leads me to believe that they're not clear on how the money, once it gets into it, how it's being deployed through the, like the financial operations. Mm -hmm. And so just really understanding how, again, the movement of the money happens is going to be really important to being able to forecast things. Like you mentioned before of like, do I have enough money that if, if it is my intention to have, you know, two months of, of compensation on hand in order to like bring on my first employee, like, how am I doing for that? Do I have the savings in place for that? understanding the movement of your money within like your financial system is going to be able to help answer that question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is such a great way to explain it. Thank you. I know when I was just starting out with doing paid ads in my business, I think it was like 2017 and I'd hired somebody who was very expensive to do my ads and he was, 
you know, kicking butt on those ads. And I was making a lot of revenue top line in our business. And then I wasn't looking at the bottom line financials or my cash flow. And I was same thing. I looked at my bank account and I was like, what? Why are we not making any money? This is so confusing. And then I started looking at the PLs more because sometimes I think a lot of us get that head in the sand mentality. We're like, okay, we know it's bad, but we don't want to look at it mm-hmm. um, and see how bad it was. And it was bad. Like we were losing a lot of money every month. And it got to a point where, and I've told this story on the podcast for those listeners who've listened to this podcast before, where you know, I couldn't pay payroll in December, 2017. And I had to ask suppliers for extensions on payments because I had no cash in the bank. So ever since that experience for me became really important. And a lot of our listeners have inventory businesses. So we're making product with raw materials. So we're investing in inventory coverage as well. And so now like cash flow forecasting is definitely part of my weekly, if not sometimes you know, every few days process. So maybe is there, I know this is like a little complex to explain over podcasts, but is there like an easy template or anything you can refer people to where they can start to at least like high level forecast their cash flow? Cause I know that's really important is to kind of see, as you mentioned, like, you know, if I have this expense coming up and this expense and this much revenue coming in, you know, how is that all going to balance out? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I specialize in is profit first, which is a cash flow management system. And so in terms of like, if, if the overwhelm of like, for example, like with the raw materials and inventory, those are all items that are going to be on your balance sheet. So you're not going to necessarily see like that as an asset coming in and out of the business through like an income statement, because the inventory is sitting as an asset on your balance sheet. And I know that that might sound like, what is she talking about? But so, which is why I'm saying profit first would be such a really good tool for people to implement into their business. And essentially it's a cash flow management system where you're setting up bank accounts. So you've got all your money coming into the income account. And then what you're doing is like creating other sub accounts that are, are allocated according to like the purpose behind them. So if you are somebody who wants to have money saved for taxes, then you're going to put money you know, down into the tax account. You're going to have an operating expense account. You might have for like businesses, for your listeners, having a account that is just for like inventory replenishment and raw goods purchases, have that in there. And so, you know, an owner's pay, and then you have a profit account. And what you do is like, based on the rhythm of like your payments. So like sometimes it's weekly, sometimes it's twice a month. However, the rhythm serves you, you're able to take the money that comes into the income account and then using percentages, send them down through all of the different accounts. So when it comes to operating expenses, if you know that you've got you know, $2,000 in your operating expense account, but you know that you've got $3,000 of bills that are coming up in the next week, you're going to know right from the beginning that there's a $1,000 gap that you have to fill and it it becomes an invitation for you to to either a problem solve in terms of do you have like aging accounts receivable that you need to collect on and make sure that that money comes in in order to pay those bills or b do you need to take a closer look at your operating expenses and make some decisions around like are there are there tools that I'm using that I that, that I'm paying for that I don't use is there like am I if you have employees, like are, are, are my employees, am I utilizing them to the fullest extent? 
and I'm really getting what I need from them in order to like maximize like the amount of money I'm investing in their, their human capital and really starting to have those conversations so that you're able to not necessarily worry about, okay, I don't know where this is coming on a financial statement as much as you're just looking at your bank accounts and saying, okay, I've got enough money to cover my bills. And if I don't, then I need to really start to triage and treat like why this is not, why I can't pay my bills, why I don't have money for this. Does that help? Yes. Yeah. I'm familiar with that book. So it's based off profit first from Mike McCallowitz, right? Is that right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan of his book, the pumpkin plan. One of my favorites of all time. Yeah. I think uh, all of his books are great. I feel yeah. like they're really refreshing business books. So yeah, he's funny. Dull. He always cracks <laughs> me up in his books yes. for some reason. He brings a lot of levity to a very serious topic. Yes. Well, yeah, that totally helps. And I think that's a great place to start. If somebody can't afford to like maybe hire somebody right now, specifically in their business, like you mentioned to have maybe hire somebody to help set up the systems and then they maintain it, perhaps check out that book, buy it online or read it at the library, whatever you can do, or get it on audible to understand that system that Amy's talking about. So in terms of like, you know, setting up your financial team. So we've talked a little bit about kind of when you're just starting out, just having, you know, uh, perhaps somebody to help you set up your systems and you maintain them. But what about as you grow, like who are some key financial players that you need in your universe, either on your team or outsourced? And what does that look like kind of at that six figure level versus like, you know, mid six figures to low seven figures? Like what are some steps that people should think about? Yeah. So I definitely view it as a team. And one of the things that, again, I, I find that I, I don't recommend doing is that I think that often business owners want to find sort of like one-stop shopping where it's like, okay, this is the person that's going to maintain my books. It's going to do my taxes. And it's also going to help me forecast. And the reason that I don't recommend doing that, even though it's like, it feels like a super easy, like solution to have is that typically, like, I think you want specialization. So if you have somebody, you might have somebody who can play two of those roles but they're not going to be like a you like a player that's going to do all three roles really really well. So the first thing is is sort of like what is like the one task that you want to make sure is like completely dialed in and that like you are like good to go with. And typically it starts with the bookkeeping. But if you already have a system already in place, that might be somebody that you can bring on your team that you can just say this is our process and then just like and have them be like the person that executes. And then if that's the case, then you have someone from like a tax perspective that is going to view your business from the, the lens of the taxability and the tax liability and create strategies around like for taxes, like for a tax strategy. And I think that that's a different person. And then for me, where I tend, like where my space that I play in is that I offer bookkeeping services. I offer like the profit first services, but I also offer CFO services. And so I can be the person that's going to do your bookkeeping and also do your CFO services. And those tend to go hand in hand. So again, if you need someone who has that higher, like strategic mindset for you that can help you create a plan, like a forecast plan to help you drive growth and scale, then like that's somebody that you want to make sure that is, is someone that you feel that you're in partnership with and that sees you as the expert of your business and for them to help help guide you to get you to where you want to be. But they are not the person that has like all the answers to all the things in the business. They are really a strategic partner for you to, to leverage 
particularly when it comes to the finances. Mm -hmm. And I would say the other two positions on the finance team is that I think money mindset work and like just general mindset coaching is something that it doesn't matter if you have like a really healthy money mindset, or if you are someone who has had like, who has healing, like previous healing of like money trauma. I feel like anytime you decide to scale and grow your business, it will like, there are mindset, money mindset blocks that will inevitably come even ones that you never thought you had, or even ones that you thought you resolved that will somehow like make their way back into your awareness. So having like a coach that can help you like really like look at your mindset and really poke holes in any sort of limiting beliefs that you might have in regards to that is going to be really helpful. And then I think the last person that I would say is on the personal side is like a financial, somebody to help you with like financial investments. Like, are you like set in terms of any sort of retirement strategy? Do you have like the investment portfolio and do you have your personal money goals dialed in? And is that, is there, do you have someone helping you facilitate those intentions and goals? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. That's a really comprehensive list, but I totally 1000% agree. And I think, you know, depending on your level of business, some of those rules become more and more like the virtual CFO, you know, my business is hitting to like the mid low seven figures. And, you know, there's, there's definitely a gap there that happens with an accounting bookkeeping tax firm where you need more strategy on the financial side, even with like foreign exchange, as an example, if people are transacting in different currencies and stuff like that, it becomes like really unmanageable, I would say, even for somebody who understands a bit of finance. So I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of money mindset stuff that happens. I know personally, I've experienced it. And there's a lot of trust issues, I think, that come up around like opening your books to somebody. How can people start to release that and find somebody that they trust? Like, what is the best way to find these types of people? Is it through referral or searching online? Like, what do you recommend? So, I mean, for, for me, I feel like getting a referral from someone that you admire and trust would be the, like the first thing that I would do. But I also think that, like, like I said at the beginning, like a relationship with money is exactly like a relationship with like a, like a, like a partner. Right. So you might like, like want to date someone who's like really into sports and like your friend will be like, Oh my God, you got to meet this person. And they're really into art. And so like, it, even though they think that they're a really perfect fit, like their money person is a great fit for them. It may not be the right fit for you. So definitely collect referrals, but make sure that they align with you and where you want to go, because the way that you have a relationship with money is a very unique, holistic experience that only you can drive and know and feel that like the connection with the person. If you don't feel connected with like someone that someone has referred you to, it's not a problem. It just means that like, there is something that you need even more, or maybe even less in terms of like to, to, to build that trust. I take the, the role that I play with my clients incredibly seriously. And to the point where it's, I want what's best for my clients. And I want them to be able to trust me and tell me anything and ask any question that they, they might in their brain. This is like the dumbest question. It's so basic. I can't believe I'm asking this. Like, I want them to feel like they can tell me anything and that we can help navigate them to the other side of this of any problem that they have or any opportunity that they have 
And so really being able to feel comfortable to talk about money, even if it's like, I'm really afraid that I'm going to lose everything in this business, even though I had this wild success, like, I feel like this was like, like, this is, I can't do this again. Like even that sort of like limiting mindset stuff, I want them to always feel like they can create a level of vulnerability with me that knows that there's like always that like space that I will hold for them to be able to, to talk through that because oftentimes they don't have someone like that, um, in terms of talking about money. And I want them to be able to, to have that experience so that they can then continue to grow their business and create the the type of business that they desire. Mm -hmm. So really just making sure that there is a solid rapport. And if something doesn't like feel aligned, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or anything wrong with the person. It just means that it might not be a good fit and you may want to talk to a few other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if somebody hasn't cried on a call, a zoom call with their bookkeeper or accountant in the last two years, then I want to get into that industry. that 1000%. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's definitely power in making those relationships where you can feel, you know, comfortable saying like, listen, we're having some, some challenges. What do you recommend? Like, what can I do? What, what's the risk level here? And, and getting that advice, especially I find with businesses um, like the ones that our audience has, you know, product-based businesses, you know, they're not drop shippers, they're inventory heavy. So that becomes a precarious balance as you grow too, just in terms of managing how many months on hand you have and all that kind of stuff and wanting to have product to sell, but not too much product. And all that stuff becomes very complex as you grow bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, I can definitely appreciate that, that referral, but also doing your own due diligence to make sure they're fit totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, what's, what's next for you. What are you working on? Like, how can people work with you if they wanted to check out your services? Yeah. So, um, what's next for me is I'm actually, um, launching a group program called the finance edit, and it is a program that is for um, business owners that are very similar to your uh, listeners that are just starting out are in the early stages of their business and may not be ready to do a full outsourced um, experience for their uh, business financials, but understand that this is a critical part of their business. And, um, and so it's a program designed to help with like the bookkeeping system, getting it set up, having the accountability to make sure that the bookkeeping tasks actually get done by you. Um, and also just like the education so that you're building out your financial literacy as you continue to grow as a business owner, as well as all the mindset work that comes with it. So there's, um, I'm really excited about that. Um, and, um, in terms of anyone wanting to work with me, if you go to my website, my virtual CFO.co and the finance that it sounds like something that you want to learn more about, just um, you can jump on the wait list. And when I um, open up the doors in March, you will be the first to know. Awesome. And people can work with you one-on-one as like a virtual CFO as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, if you go to my website and you're able to um, like read more about the offerings that I have, um, you can then get in touch. And if we are a good fit, we will like certainly um, begin conversations about how we can best support you to get you where you want to be. Cool. Love it. All right. So we're going to move on to my favorite portion, the hot seat questions. So these are just quick one or two word answers. Um, The first thing that comes to your mind. Um, So tell me what's one non-negotiable step in your morning routine. Drinking coffee. 
Yes, <laughs> me too. Um, if you had an extra thousand dollars in your business, what would you spend it on? I would spend it on. Love asking this question to a financial person. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, because I feel like I'm, I'm, I feel pretty supported and, um, you know, I think that it would just be, um, you know, marketing is something that I, um, that I definitely have uh, some work to do around. So um, hiring somebody to help really map out a tangible, like marketing plan that I can execute without feeling overwhelmed. Awesome. Uh, other than this podcast, what's your favorite podcast that you're listening to right now? Uh, what is it all for? Um, which is a podcast with Jason and Caroline Zook. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah I haven't heard of that one. What's it about? So they are a couple and they have an online business and they do business coaching. They are, it's like unboring business coaching, but it's really about like creating and like asking yourself, like what is enough and really creating an intentional business that suits what your needs are and not necessarily the dialogue that we all seem to like buy into at one point or the other about, um, like what our businesses should be. It's mm -hmm. like really asking ourselves like internally, what is enough and how do we create a business with that intention? Love that. Um, my last question is if you could wear one outfit on repeat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh my God, this is so easy. It would be a pair of jeans. <laughs> um, a, uh, Pearl Jam is my favorite band, the nineties grunge band. So yes. a Pearl Jam concert tee and a black blazer. Love it. Love that outfit. Awesome. Super classic and timeless. I'm a Pearl Jam fan too. <laughs> oh my God. We could have spent the whole time talking about that, Christy. <laughs> I am a child of the eighties. So yes, grew up with Pearl Jam in high school. So I think I had one of their t-shirts at one point. I wish I kept it because it would be probably very valuable right now. Yeah. Um, Cool. So as a wrap up, um, thank you, first of all, for spending the time and educating our audience on finance and bookkeeping and all things money mindset. I know that our listeners will take away a lot from this podcast. Um, so can you give us an idea of where people can connect with you online? Like where's the best place to follow you and find out more about you? Yes. Yeah, so my website, myvirtualcfo.co is like my web URL. So you can see what I'm doing there. And then also um, Instagram at my virtual CFO. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you for your time, Amy. It's been a pleasure meeting you and appreciate all the knowledge you shared with our listeners today. Thanks for having me, Christy. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.